Previously on Thomas and the Bible. Uh, now, Harley's sick. He says he's... You know, he says he's sick. I think uh, he's probably sick. But no, I also think that the last reading was just so bad. That he's like, I can't do... There's no... What am I going to say? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, coming down with something. Uh, uh, uh. No, uh, <laughs> Harley's in a tough spot because he can't really record in his house. He has to be quiet. That's why he's quiet sometimes because he's Jehovah's Witness. If you want to hear more about that... Tune into his old episode of Atheistically Speaking. Hey, Harley, thanks for that great intro. That was really good. One of your best. Um, yeah, also, Harley will be making an appearance pretty soon on Atheistically Speaking. Uh, episodes for that are a little behind and banked, so I've recorded it, but... Who knows when it'll come about? Uh, when it'll come up. So anyway, how are you guys doing? Hmm? Okay, fine. Uh, yeah, I guess if not gonna dignify me with an answer, I guess I'll just go on. Fine. Okay. Uh, sorry. I mean, I had more. I was gonna ask you a few more things, but I'm not getting any answers. So I'll assume you're doing fine. Um, I'm not doing great, and I'll tell you why. Because. The uh, the Bible, our reading today, is crap. It's more, if you remember last week, we left off with some measurements. <laughs> really fun, guys. Measurements. Yay. Um, and, uh, you know, it turns out we have a lot more of that. Um, now, it's not the full reading. Um, so, but it's enough of it to where I've been trying to study and see, you know, like what I can say. I, I just want to make sure I don't shortchange anyone. Um, so we're doing the, we're, we're supposed to do 41 through 44 of Ezekiel. Uh, realistically, we're only supposed to do through 43 or part of it, but I always end at the next chapter. Um, but anyway, 41 through 44 and in looking ahead, <clears throat> I had to look at ahead just to make sure, because I didn't want to, if the whole episode was crap, I, I was going to try to find a solution. But it looks like 41 is crap. <laughs> and 42 is crap. Well, the entire Bible's crap. But <laughs> let me hear, let me just show there. That's crap, that's crap, that's crap, yeah. Uh, turns out the entire book. No, uh, 41 is measurements. 42 is measurements. 43 is... Not. So it's just half the reading is measurements. And then the rest is not great. I think the rest might just be instructions. Because, okay, this is very much like the tabernacle. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, the tabernacle and the ark, you know, when, when it was being described, etc., etc. It's very much like that. And if you remember, that was a horrifying experience. I had to go through years of therapy, years of therapy to get over that, where it was just described and then it was built. And then it was, uh, they just said, and they built it like that. And they repeated the, every single measurement. So, <laughs> I know I've said this before, but just in case anyone wasn't around then or started the podcast recently, they literally said, make this one inch, make this two inches or feet or what, you know, cubits. So make this 30 feet, make this 40 feet, you know whatever it was, whatever the measurements were. And that went on for hours, right? And then I get through it, and then I'm thinking, oh, thank God, we're done. We're finally done with that. And then the next few chapters are, and so they made this 30 feet, and so they made this 40 feet. It's literally just repeated the entire thing. It was the, the worst 
un- unbelievable. There's nothing, there's no big greater proof that God doesn't exist or the, sorry, not that God doesn't exist. There's no greater proof that this b- book, the Bible is crap than that. Um, but anyway, so I've been doing some research to try to, um, you know, just have more content and more to say, because I'm just going to, I'm going to blow through this, these measurements. I mean, there's not, what can I do with measurements? I can't, there's nothing to do. You know, I can't make a, you know, joke or, well, I mean, I'm sure I end up, I will end up making jokes, but anyway, um, I found this guy online, uh, on, on YouTube, there's these old lessons with someone named Bob Utley. And he was explaining a lot of stuff about Ezekiel and I was watching some of them. There's a lot. Um, I, I, I might end up watching this guy. Hopefully he has the entire Bible. That'd be kind of funny because <laughs> I could get, get some real, but it's interesting. It's, it's also such a waste of time. See, this is the problem, guys. How far should I go? You know, like, how how far will one go to... Because I want to be informed about it. I want to be able to give you guys some good info on the Bible. But here's the problem that I've realized. And maybe there are some of you out there who are like, hey, give us the background. Give us the commentary that you ought to give on Ezekiel. I wonder if there there's anyone who thinks that. And if you do, that's totally cool. Like, I think that too. I think I should do some research and give people the definitive information on Ezekiel. The problem is there is no definitive. Like, the, every single thing I look at is if someone wants to, if there was a religious person back in the day, could have been hundreds of years ago, could have been yesterday, if they want to write commentary on Ezekiel with all their theories, they can't. And I, what do you... That's the beauty of, and this is something I'm figuring out by watching this. I'm actually going to play a little clip um, just for fun of this guy. It's from the 70s, or at least I hope it is because he's dressed like it's from the 70s. Who knows? Maybe it's from the 80s. Um, And I'm finding that it's all, there's, it's just interpretation. Like there's no, I want to do more research and give you guys some more stuff. And I definitely 100% am going to um, give you a lot. I plan on doing a lot of reading uh, during the new Testament, because it's so important. Like it's so critical, um, that I really want to make sure I'm understanding it, but there isn't, you know, it's not, that's the whole thing about the Bible. There isn't one source. Like it's just whatever some guy thought he wrote down. And then it's like, well, it sounds, sounds right. Like there's just theories. There's all these theories here. I'll, I'll give you an example. So this is sort of, um, the extra content that I'm putting in because I'm guessing, the reading is going to be just crap. I haven't actually read through it, but I, I've, I've skimmed it and it's not going to be good. So uh, here's an example. So Ezekiel, to give you a big picture, Ezekiel's a, a weird prophet. You know, he's like sort of, the book is kind of out of nowhere. It doesn't fit perfectly in with everything. And 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 even this Dr. Bob Utley, who's, you know, all about the Bible, even he is saying like, yeah, it's a little tough to fit in. Some people try – so what we've had is a prophecy we've had um, – well, it's always all prophecy. But we've had, okay, oh, everyone was bad. Everyone was bad. You've all done this awful stuff. Um, and then you have – there's a war. Like there's an apocalyptic uh, – a lot of apocalyptic talk about people who are going to conquer us. And this is all, you know, obviously the Jews. Um and then you have, oh, but everything will be okay eventually. That's always how all these prophecies go. It'll, eventually, you'll have all this stuff. Here's what you'll have. And that's where we are. That's where we're left right now. We're left with a description of a temple that's going to be built. And here's the thing, guys. Spoiler alert. Though we wouldn't necessarily learn this, so it's not really a spoiler. I'm not sure. 
um, the temple's never built. No one, they, they've tried to find, even Dr. Bob Utley is like, yeah, the people have tried to fit it in. They've tried to say, well, was it Herod's temple? Was it, uh, was it this guy's temple? Like, does that, people are trying to f- take the, the prophecy and fit it in somewhere and say like, well, this was never built, but maybe it really referred to such and such temple. And Dr. Bob Utley here is saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. His theory, and again, this is why it's really hard to provide any <laughs> definitive commentary, but I'll, here, here I am doing my best. Um, his theory is like, it never was realized. It was only partially realized um, because the Jews weren't, didn't actually stop sinning or they weren't receptive. They didn't, they didn't uh, do what they needed to do uh, per se. Like they kind of did, which was why they weren't, you know, which is why they weren't killed or whatever. Cause the prophecy says like, if you don't, then you're all going to die or whatever. So he's, he's trying to kind of meet both sides of it. Like, well, they weren't great, but so, you know, they weren't bad. So they didn't die, but they weren't, good enough to get this temple. Um, but it, you know, it, once Jesus comes, it's all fine. You know, that's essentially how it goes. And then, uh, so that's his theory, but that, that's just it. Like all these things are just these, this complex web of theories. Just people have come up with to try to square these circles or if that's a phrase or fit the, you know, square peg in the round hole, the round peg in the square hole is pretty easy depending on the sizes. Could not be though. A round peg, you know, like a 10-foot round peg, 10-foot diameter in a quarter-inch square hole, that's pretty hard, too. Tell you what, a 10-foot triangle peg, uh, you know, a 10-foot, let's see, height of a triangle, um, fitting into a 5-foot triangle peg. Like, that's also hard. That's also very difficult. So it's it's not really the shape. I mean, it's partly the shape, but it's also, you know, because like a square peg could fit in a triangle hole, right? If you visualize that, like if it's the right size, basically any shape could fit in any shape given the right sizes. So just an important technical clarification there. Um, And here he is. This is really funny. I found this both interesting and funny. Let's, let's play this. uh, I'm going to play this little clip. So we'll get. Heavens were open and I saw visions of God. Now there's been a strange paradox in the Old Testament between those who say they saw God and that which those that say you can't see God and live. Let me give you the paradox, if I could. In Exodus 24, 10 yeah, and 11, it seems the elders saw God. In Numbers 12, 8, the same assertion is made. In Isaiah 6 and Revelation 4, I think it I seems pointed they this saw out. God. But other passages say you can't see God and live. Exodus 33, 20 through 23. John 1, 18 and John 6, 46. 1 Timothy 6, 16 and... 1- so there you go. So... We've got, you can't see it. He's got a, <laughs> like a really old word processor, uh, you know, sort of write up here. It's kind of, kind of funny. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, there you go. There's, there, he lists some passages where people say they saw God. And then he lists some where they say you can't see God or you will die. And to my mind, <laughs> I think to most of your minds, this, this is a sort of a microcosm of what goes on with religion and the Bible. I think, no, there you go. That's a contradiction. So someone's wrong um, because they're pretty definitive too. I actually remember Exodus and and others when people said like, yeah, you can't see God. You'll die. You'll be dead. You'll be killed. You you will die. And then there's others where they say, yep, saw him, saw a guy. Yeah, said hi, said hello, shook hands. Um, So I think uh, no no way of reconciling that or at least no obvious way and, and no reason to try to reconcile. For me, it's like, well, it's just wrong information. It's neither one's right. Even if you were 
granting, let's say you even granted God existed. Let's just say, because obviously for me, I'm an atheist. None of this, you know, there's no good reason to believe any of it. So whatever, but let's pretend, let's just pretend this never happens in real life, but I wish it would. Let's pretend we're deists. You and I are like, okay, there's definitely a God and we're more than deists. We're like, I bet there is some religion where God has been revealed. So that's where we are. We're not just deists. We're like, we're theists, but we don't know which, like we're going to try to find which book it is. Well, I would read this and I would say, oh, this is, this is horseshit. It would have been one page, two pages in three at most. I would have said, this is not it, but let's say we stuck with it. And then we see this passage. Well, you can't see God and then you can. Uh, Well, those are contradictory. I'm going to go ahead and say that that means one, at least one, you know, all but one, possibly, possibly none of them have seen God. Possibly none of them know the truth, but no more than like one of them or two of them because, or, or, or one side of it, you know, like no more than one side of this argument actually saw God or talked to God because they have the wrong information. So if they have the wrong information, that means they're not real prophets, they're false prophets. And if there's as many as half of these reference chapters are take place in false prophecies, well, then the whole thing is suspect because it's all supposed to be tied together. No, that's that's not what the conclusion anyone comes to is. Let's see how an actual scholar, biblical scholar deals with something like this. First John 4, 12. Well, I think what it's saying is that these men saw something of a human form, maybe the pre-incarnate Jesus, maybe they just were expecting God to be in human form and they saw it that way, I'm not sure. But they saw something that was so bright and dazzling, and they never look at the, at the person's face. They, they look at his feet, or they look at the, the, fa- the throne that he's <laughs> Oh, they didn't on. look at his and face. So it's kind of like they could see ba- mm. God, kind of, mm-hmm. but never looked intently or gazed upon him. Now, why him. would they not? There seems to be the distinction here. What? And that says... <laughs> yeah, so, uh, hey, uh, hey, Ezekiel. Yes, Bob? No, I'll be Bob. I'm Bob, and I'm there. Hey, hey, Ezekiel. I, God, he's appearing to us. Uh-huh. Look at him. No, I'm just looking at his feet. What? No, look at look at him. That's definitely God. It's amazing. It's so cool. No, I'm just going to look at his I Why would I look at the entire thing? There's no, you know, his feet are amazing. I, have you seen his feet? Very, very beautifully manicured nails there. Or is it pedicured? I don't remember. I, I, I don't see any reason to look at his face. I'm just going to stare at, you know, I'm just going to look at his feet. I think that I will get the message that I need just from, what, what kind of theory is this? Like, oh, they probably just didn't look at him. <laughs> well, how, what? So that God is appearing to you and you're like, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to look at the, oh, oh, here I am. I'm looking. I see some feet. Good enough for me. I'm done. Done looking up. Anyway, so that's what happens when you start with the right answer. You start with your answer 100%. You know your answer. And then you, it's, ju- it's just a matter of reconciling words. I mean, language is so loose. You could do that with anything. But it's funny how that just doesn't work in science. It just doesn't work. You know, I mean, I know it's a false uh, analogy, I guess, because it's, you know, it's maybe, maybe the Bible should not be just compared with science. Maybe it should be compared with some other book or something. But like, even other books. Do we do this with, uh, I don't know, novels? Do we... Do we take two completely conflicting pieces of information and then just make whatever narrative we want? I mean, it really wouldn't fly in science. Hey, uh, turns out phlogiston or whatever that theory is, that's wrong. Uh, turns out there's oxygen. 
oh, well, maybe, you know, and then come up with some narrative. Well, maybe when people breathe, they, they were breathing phlogiston, but then it gets converted to oxygen in the body. Like, you just don't do that. You just say, oh, that theory's wrong. Guess we're moving on. I mean, eventually, after <laughs> after enough proof and, and uh, you know, if if you're in a free society where there's no, like, her- heretics or uh, heretical uh, accusations or anything. So it's just funny how that works. And I thought I'd I'd talk about that and take you through a little bit of my journey to understand Ezekiel a little better to to give you guys some info. But Ezekiel's pretty crap. There's not a lot here. So and and the chapters we're reading are pretty worthless. So I just wanted to make sure I had something else to tell you guys. All right. So now let's actually read it, huh? Ezekiel 41. Afterward, he brought me to the temple and measured the post. Six cubits broad on the one side, six cubits broad on the other side. Oh, also, if you if you Google it, you can get some really corny, terrible renderings <laughs> of what this temple is supposed to look like. It's always the greatest. Because, okay, sorry, I said I was going to read. I lied. Yeah, if if you believe this shit, uh, pardon my uh, my French, if you believe this stuff, You'd have to believe that when you do a rendering, like a drawing of the temple, it's got to look like the greatest thing in the world. It's got to be amazing. This is divine. And then you do a rendering based on these measurements. It's like, yeah, it's a vaguely rectangular building. Like, <laughs> there's just nothing, nothing interesting about it. And the breadth of the door was 10 cubits, and the sides of the door of the, were 5 cubits on one side, and 5 cubits on the other side, the measuring length thereof. Then he went inward, measured the post of the door, 2 cubits. So he's just measuring. So he measured the length of the holy place. After he measured the wall of the house, 6 cubits, the breadth of every side of the chamber, 4 cubits, rounded by the house on every side. And the side chambers were there, one over the other, 30 over the 30, and entered and had the wall of the house. Uh, there was an enlarging and a winding about still upward. The side chambers for the winding about of the house went still upward round about the house. Therefore, the breadth of the house was still upward and so increased from the lowest chamber to the highest by the midst. I saw also the height of the house round about the foundation side chambers full read of six great cubits. The thickness of the wall, which was for the side chamber, that was five cubits, blah, blah, blah. And between the chamber, 20 cubits. The door, no one's getting any useful information here. Now, the building uh, was a separate place with seven cubits across. So he measured the house in 100 cubits long, building 100 cubits long. Also, the breadth of the face of the house and 100 cubits. So everything's 100 cubits right now. So it's cool. And he measured the length of the building, uh, da, 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 100 cubits. Guess what? The doorposts, the narrow windows with the galleries round about on their three stories over against the door. Say sealed, but sealed as in ceiling. C-I-E, kind of interesting. Sealed uh, from the windows recovered to the above door, even unto the inner house and without, uh, and by all the wall roundabout within without by measure. And it was made with cherubims and palm trees so that a palm tree was between a cherub and a cherub. And every cherub had two faces. Uh, he's obsessed with multi- <laughs> multiple faces, this guy is. He's very... Very keenly interested in things with more than one, fa- not your typical number of faces, which is one. That's the usual. It's the huge one face tends to be standard. So a lot of two and four faced things from the ground unto above the door of the cherubims, palm trees, the posts of the temple were squared in the face of the sanctuary appearance of one appearance of the other. The altar of wood was three cubits high uh, blah, 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 table that is before the Lord. Okay, here, let's see. Uh, and he said unto me, this is the table that is before the Lord. And the temple and the sanctuary had two doors. That's important. Remember that. Two doors. And the doors had, uh, blah, 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 two leaves, and there was made on them, let's see, cherubims, more cherubims, always cherubims. 
Uh, and narrow palm trees, something, blah, blah, blah. So nothing important. Now we're going to go to 42. We're going through 44, as I might have said. I can't remember. Then he brought me forth to the uh, utter court, to the uh, the way toward the north, and he brought me into the chamber that was over against the separate place, which was before the building toward the north, king of the north. Before the length of a hundred cubits with north door, let's see, over, it's more description, before the chambers, ten cubits. If if I thought you could get anything by learning this, as I've said, or sorry, not even learning it. Learning this would be hard. You'd have to get flashcards and memorize for weeks. If I thought you could get anything even out of hearing this, I would read every word, but it just is so bad. I'm trying to get some part of it for each verse, but man, is this not interesting. For they were in three stories, but had not pillars. Therefore, the building was straightened more than the lowest millmost ground. And the wall that was without over against the chambers toward the utter court on the fore part of the chambers, the length was 50. And from under these chambers was the entry on the east side as one goeth into them from the utter court. The chambers were in the thickness of the wall. And the way before them was like the appearance of the chambers, which were toward the north as long as they and as broad as they and their goings out were both according to their fashions. Uh, according to the doors, the chambers then were south of the door. Then he said unto me, The north chambers and the south chambers, which are before the separate place, they be holy chambers, where the priests that approach unto the Lord shall eat the most holy things. There shall they lay the most holy things, and the meat offering, the sin offering, and the trespass offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter therein, then shall they go out of their holy place in the outer court, but there shall they lay their garments wherein they minister, for they are holy. They shall put on other garments and shall approach to those things which are for the people. So they have to wear separate clothes when they go outside. That's important. He measured the Elmore measurements. Uh, 500 reeds, blah, blah, blah. He turned the west side, measured, 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 measured. Okay, more measurements. Uh, we're on to 43. Now, I think this is the end of measurements, but it might be something else. Uh, let's see. Afterward, he brought me the gate, even the gate that looked toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according, uh-oh, according to the appearance of the visions which I saw. <coughs> Even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chabar, and I fell on my face. Doe, and the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. So the spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house." And I heard him speaking unto me out of the house, and the man stood by me. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, there I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. My holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings nor their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of the kings of the high places. In their setting of the threshold by my thresholds and the posts of posts and the wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by their abominations." they have committed. Wherefore, I have consumed them in mine anger. Now let them put away their whoredom. Uh, but I was using my whoredom and the carcasses of their kings far from me and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou son of man, shew the house and the house of Israel that they may be ashamed of their iniquities and let them measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, 
shew them the form of the house, and the fashion thereof, and the goings out thereof, and the comings in thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and write it in their sight, that they may keep the whole form thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. This is the law of the house, upon my way or the highway. <laughs> upon the uh, top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. Uh-oh, guys. More measurements. And these are the measurements of the altar after the cubits. The cubit is a cubit and a hand breadth. Even on the bottom shall be a cubit, and the breadth a cubit and the border. And from the bottom upon the ground, even to the lower settle, shall be two cubits and the breadth one cubit. And from the lesser settle, even to the greater settle, shall be four cubits and the breadth one cubit. So the altar shall be four cubits, and from the altar upward shall be four horns, and it shall be twelve cubits long. And the settle shall be fourteen cubits, uh, and he said to me, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offerings thereon, and uh, to sprinkle the blood thereon. And thou shalt give the priests the Levites that be the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me, to minister unto me, to the, saith the Lord God, a young bullock for a sin offering. And thou shalt take the blood thereof, and put it on the four horns of it, and on the four corners of the settle, and upon the border round about, thus shalt thou cleanse and purge it. Thou shalt take the bullock also of the sin offering, and he shall burn it the appointed place of the house with the sanctuary. On the second day thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar as they did cleanse it with the bullock. <sighs> when thou hast made an end of cleansing it, thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish and a ram without the flock. Ram out of the flock without blemish. And thou shalt offer them before the Lord, and the priests shall cast salt upon them. They shall offer them up for a burnt offering unto the Lord. Seven days thou shalt shalt thou prepare every day a goat for the sin offering. They also shall prepare a young bullock and a ram out of the flock and without blemish. Seven days they shall purge the altar and purify it, and they shall consecrate themselves. And when these days are expired, it shall be that upon the eighth day and so forward, the priests shall make your burnt offerings upon the altar and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, saith the Lord Gog. Steve. <laughs> Sincerely, Steve. Uh, okay, so 44. I'm not sure what this one is. We'll see. What's this one on about? Then he brought me back the way of the gate of the outward sanctuary, which looketh toward the east, and was shut. And said the Lord unto me, The gate shall be shut, it shall not be opened. And no man shall enter in by it, because the Lord, the God of Israel, hath entered in by it, therefore it shall be shut. It is for the prince. The prince, he shall sit in it, to eat bread before the Lord, he shall enter by the way of the porch of that gate. He shall go out by the way of the same. Then I, then brought he me the way of the north gate before the house. And I looked, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house with, of the Lord, and I fell upon my face. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, mark well, behold thine eyes, and hear with thine ears, all that I say unto thee concerning all the ordinances of the house of the Lord and the laws thereof, and mark well the entering in of the house and every going forth of the sanctuary. And thou shalt say to the rebellious, even to the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, O ye house of Israel, let it suffice you of all your abominations. 
in that ye have brought into my sanctuary strangers uncircumcised in heart and uncircumcised in flesh, to be my sanctuary, to pollute it, even my house, when ye offer my bread, the fat and the blood. They have broken my covenant because of all of your abominations. And ye have not kept charge of mine holy things, but have set ye keepers of my charge in my sanctuary for yourselves. Thus saith the Lord God, No stranger, uncircumcised in heart, nor uncircumcised in flesh, flesh shall enter my sanctuary of any stranger that is among the children of Israel, and the Levites that are gone away far from me when Israel went astray, which went astray away from me after their idols, they shall even bear their iniquity. Yet they shall be ministers in my sanctuary, having charge at the gates of the house, and ministering to the house. They shall slay the burnt offering and the sacrifice for the people, and they shall stand before them to minister unto them. Because they ministered unto them before their idols, and caused the house of the Lord to fall into iniquity, therefore I have, have I lifted up mine hand against them, saith the Lord God, and they shall bear their iniquity. God is so lazy, because he's like, oh, I don't want to lift my hand. Do I have to? Are you guys going to make me lift my hand against... It's, all he has to do, meanwhile, is lift his hand. That's all he has He doesn't have to get up out of his chair. He doesn't have to do anything. He's just like, ugh. He lifted his hand against the, uh, them. And uh, they shall not come near to me to do the office of priest unto me, nor come near any of my holy things in the most holy place, but they shall bear their shame and their abominations, which they have committed. But I will make them keepers of the charge of their house for all the service thereof and all that shall be done therein. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, that kept the charge of my sanctuary when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near me to minister unto me. And they shall stand before me to offer me the fat and the blood, saith the Lord God. They shall enter my sanctuary and shall come near to my table to minister unto me, and they shall keep my charge. And when it shall come to pass that when they enter at the gates of the inner court, they shall be clothed with linen garments, and no wool shall come upon them whilst they minister the gates of the inner court within. They shall have linen bonnets upon their heads. <laughs> Uh, interesting, and shall be the victim of many uh, homophobic hate crimes, and shall have linen breeches upon their loins. They shall not gird themselves with anything that causeth sweat. Oh, jeez. And when they shall go forth to the utter court, even to the utter court of their people, they shall put off their garments wherein they ministered, and lay them in the holy chambers, and shall put on other garments, and they shall not sanctify people with their garments." Neither shall they shave their heads, nor suffer their locks to grow long. They shall only pull their heads. Neither shall any priest drink wine when they enter into the inner court. Neither shall they take for their wives a widow, nor her that is put away, but shall take maidens of the seed of the house of Israel, or a widow that has had a, pri that had a priest before. And they shall teach my people the difference between holy and profane, cause them to discern between clean and unclean. And in controversy, they shall stand in judgment and shall judge it according to my judgments. And they shall keep my laws and my statutes in all mine assemblies, and they shall hollow my Sabbaths. And they shall come at no dead person to defile themselves, but for father or for mother or for son or for daughter or brother or for sister that had no husband, they may defile themselves. And after he is cleansed, they shall reckon unto him seven days." And in the day that he goeth into the sanctuary to the inner court 
to the minister in the sanctuary, he shall offer his sin offering, saith the Lord God, and it shall be unto them for an inheritance. I am their inheritance, and he shall give them no possession in Israel. I am their possession. They shall eat the meat offering and <laughs> beat the meat offering and the sin offering and trespass offering and every dedicated thing in Israel shall be theirs. And the first of all the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all and every sort of your oblations shall be the priests. You shall also go give unto the priest the first of your dough that it may cause the blessing to rise in thine house. The priest shall not eat of anything that is dead of itself or torn, whether it be fowl or beast. All right, we are done. Uh, I would like to thank my patrons so much. Thank you, guys. Um, Let me see if I logged in. I think I did. Yeah, let me make sure to thank my patrons by name. Did I have any new ones? Are there any new patrons in the house? Uh, Sarah McPike? I think I already mentioned Sarah McPike. Well, thank you anyway, Sarah McPike. Um, And now let's go to my top patrons. Of course, at the top of the leaderboard right now is Katie Quiznos, and then Marcel, and then Sarah McPike, and Camel Pope, and Charles Bangwiener, and John Bodley, and Tom Chambers, and Brian Gerford, and Lee Primesberger, and John P., David Vandervlies, Travis Peterson, and thank you very much to my top dogs. Um, I love you guys. And if you want to make the show continue, please go to patreon.com slash T and the B and uh, contribute. And uh, like I said, we're nearing the New Testament, sort of. And I want to make sure to put plenty of background research into that. Maybe I could come up with some sort of Patreon goal. I don't know. I don't know if we want more show or something, but something to you to utilize research and all that, because we also have to read it. So it's I mean, there's only so much time. I don't know. I'll think about it. We got time. But at any rate, uh, please support the show if you like it. And uh, thank you so much for doing so. Patreon.com slash T and the B. Go there now. And if you can't do that, then at least give me a review on iTunes. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much. I'll see you next week.